Are you concerned about automation maybe taking over your job? We've had a lot of conversations on this show about rapid advancement of technology, things like AI and things like automation. And we're going to get into a discussion right now about whether or not automation is automation replacing jobs is the only conversation to be had about it. It's a little bit more nuanced and a little bit more layered than that. Our guest has written an article for theconversation.com and it's titled, A Rise in Self-Service Technologies May Cause a Decline in Our Sense of Community. Uh, We're going to try and pick apart exactly what that means with PhD candidate and interim managing director at Pearl at the University of Toronto, Blake Lee Whiting. Blake, good afternoon. Good to talk to you. Hi, Chelsea. Thanks for having me. Of course. I, I think this is so interesting as, you know, we're all sort of looking down the barrel of what's next when it comes to our labor force and really uh, adopting, I think, just an acceptance that automation is going to take over uh, more and more. Uh, but the idea of automation replacing jobs isn't really the only conversation to be had, right, Blake? Yes, well, I, I fully agree. I'm doing a PhD in it, so I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I think there's a political discussion to be had as well, and I've sort of talked about that a little bit in my article, but I think there's some political ramifications from automation that haven't really been fully explored yet, but will have to be explored in the years to come. Uh, Okay, and I feel like there's a lot of different areas we can go there, but what are are some of the issues uh, that you think could be on the table when it comes to political impacts of automation? That's a fantastic question. So I think there's a few different political impacts. Obviously, one we talk about a lot is jobs disappearing. And so we know there's literature and discussion about offshoring. Everyone has had an offshoring experience or knows somebody, you know, in the past, you know, 20 or 30 years whose job may have disappeared. If you work at a plant or you work somewhere in manufacturing, those jobs have gone overseas. But we're going to see more often that jobs are now disappearing to automation. And it's challenging to overcome, uh, you know, automation lost jobs. Uh, because these jobs are still being, you know, the, the work's still being done in Canada, perhaps, but it's now being done by robots. So it becomes more challenging to figure out how to safeguard against that. And the result is similar to when we saw offshoring before. We're going to see political, uh, you know, responses to these, this job loss. But my article is more about, you know, automation uh, that we see every day. You know, we talk about automation factories. You think about a, a big line, complicated line making cars or something, and it seems so far away to us unless we do that kind of work. But we see automation every day now. We go to the grocery store. We pay for groceries at a self-checkout machine. We pay for a movie at a movie checkout kiosk. We pay for parking at a checkout kiosk. And now more and more we're paying for clothing at checkout kiosks. Dollarama, for instance, now has replaced most of its cashiers, or some of its cashiers at least, with uh, self-checkouts. We're seeing automation come into the public sphere, and that's really where my research allows. It's really interesting, too, that I think we're seeing so much of this on the other side of the pandemic, on the other side of a situation where many of us were were isolated or spent more time away from people. And it seems that, you know, what I think we, we all maybe naively in the beginning thought was going to be this sort of rebirth of community and, and, and coming together as people, it seems to have had the opposite effect. It seems like more and more we're just embracing, you know, that lack of connection with other people. And automation is sort of one way that's sort of steering us in that direction, right? Oh, absolutely. I fully agree. I think it's an extension of the pandemic. I 
think a lot of firms may have waited longer to you know, roll out these machines, but as people were looking to interact with humans less, it sort of gave a great excuse for why the self-checkout machine sort of yeah. rose in popularity. Because people said, oh, it's safer. I can walk, I went down the machine. You don't have to talk to another human. And so a lot of companies during the pandemic suddenly instituted these machines virtually overnight. And I think that's a response directly to the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, and from a business perspective too, I mean, it goes into the idea of jobs being replaced, but you know, for a corporation, this is obviously going to be something that's going to be cost effective. And we're seeing you know, the the first fully automated um, McDonald's in the States in Texas. There's a robo-cafe yeah. that exists in Toronto. We're really only going to start yeah. to see more of that. I pass by that robo-cafe robo quite a bit, actually. And that's one of the reasons I'm interested. That's Weird. So <laughs> Truly, it's motivated my research. We're seeing more and more automation in the public sphere. Absolutely true. And we're interacting more and more with it. You give an example of McDonald's, and it's true. A lot of people order McDonald's at the ordering kiosk inside the restaurant or by the app on the phone. And you really only pick up the food um, from a human being. That's the only human being you see is the person who hands your food. But probably in the years to come, as you know, in the United States, you won't even see the human hand you your food. He'll go to like a cubicle or a walker and your food will be there ready for you. And so, mean, oh, sorry, go ahead. I mean, we're seeing we're seeing robots now being used in experiments in uh, in long term care homes, and you're seeing the way that that interaction can can help give someone a a sense of self and some sort of comfort. So it's not necessarily always a bad thing. There can be a good side to to automation. Or do you think that we're just telling ourselves a, a story that that feels good to justify moving really rapidly into the future? No, absolutely. It's, there's definitely a lot of positive aspects, right? Some people uh, I've interviewed I've, uh, before have talked about uh, being neurodivergent or not, or being shy or being, you know, not wanting to talk with people. Sure. And so the self-checkout machine has made it so much easier for them to go to the grocery store. They don't fear that social interaction. I think automation will allow a lot of older people to, you know, interact more meaningfully with their world and gain some independence. So there's a lot of great things about automation. And so I, I don't want to focus just necessarily on the negative. My research more is about the political aspects here because we're going to interact less with people who do these jobs. And I think there is something to be said for speaking with someone at the grocery store or at the movie theater at McDonald's that helps us understand their world a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Well, and could, you know, for I think some positions that are being replaced, then, you know, um, in certain groups, maybe marginalized uh, people that maybe are, um, are less employable in other areas, you know, maybe this just continues to make them more vulnerable. So from a political standpoint, are we going to be doing enough to, to help those people navigate this new world? Well, that's an amazing question. And I think that is one of the challenges, right? A lot of this automation will impact already marginalized communities. Uh, we have some research. I just went to Chicago to present at a conference on automation effects with regards to gender. And for the most part, women are more opposed to automation than men are. Uh, in our 10-country study, we surveyed about 17,000 people to find this data. And the reason why, I think, is that women understand that a lot of the jobs that women already do will be automated faster. And so it's a very scary experience to know that, like, the jobs your friends do, the jobs your colleagues do, may one day be automated. And so there is some concern there that marginalized communities will be further marginalized by automation and job, uh, job replacement by machines. And yet we're not going to go backwards. I mean, we've really we've started moving down this path. So ultimately, yeah. you know, from an ethical standpoint, is this is automation a good thing or a bad thing? I'm I'm very curious to uh, to ask you that and a couple more questions that I do have for you, Blake. But we have to take a very short break. So if you'll just bear sure. with me, we're going to pop you on hold and come right back into this discussion. Uh, Blake Lee Whiting is a PhD candidate and interim managing director at Pearl, the University of Toronto, and has written an article, as he said, for theconversation.com. It's titled "A Rise in." 
self-service technologies may cause a decline in our sense of community. We're going to get back into this conversation in three minutes. This is Chelsea on Chad. We're talking about automation and all of the different ways that it can impact our society and our sense of community. Our guest is PhD candidate and interim managing director at Pearl University of Toronto, Blake Lee Whiting. Blake, thanks so much for sticking around on hold. Appreciate your time this afternoon. Of course. Thank you for having me. So you've written an article, as you mentioned, uh, talking about automation and the different impacts that maybe we don't always think about when we talk about automation. Obviously, the conversation about uh, jobs being replaced is one that really comes to the fore. How are we going to navigate that future? But you make a really interesting point talking about if we if we lack social communication and connection with other people, you know, not only is that going to have detrimental effects that we already know about things like depression and people feeling isolated and lonely, but it's also just going to reduce your worldview. If you don't have face-to-face discussion with people, you're exposed far less to different mindsets and and different opinions, and that could be really dangerous for our society, couldn't it, Blake? Well, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more, and that's, that's sort of um, the key focus of my research. I really think that these little interactions inform our politics in unique ways. And probably you can think of experiences that you've had where you've spoken with somebody who works in one of these jobs that may be automated, and perhaps they've told you a story or shared something with you that may have impacted your politics. Maybe you ordered Uber Eats or something, and the driver was talking about the roads being you know, not safe or they're too busy, and you thought, oh, traffic is really bad right now. Or you spoke with somebody who works such importance and talked about, well, oh, I actually just immigrated here to Canada. I've only been here for three weeks. You know, I'm really enjoying it. Here's what I think, but the immigration process is too challenging. He thought, oh, that is a hard struggle for them. Like, these little interactions, I think, are important, and they inform our politics. And if we don't interact with these people, we don't meet them, we don't think they're behind closed doors, they're behind the McDonald's automated service, they're in the back room making the food, but we never see them, I think it will have an impact on our politics. Yeah, not to mention if all of your interactions then become uh, something that just exists on on social media, parasocially, you know, then all we're going to do is just create even louder echo chambers, which could be uh, scary to imagine something even more divided than what we live in now. That's a great point. That's a great point. I know you're having elections soon, uh, probably called on Monday. So there are times where we can think about the, uh, the, the division. We can think about people not being united. I think that this will contribute to that in a meaningful way because if you think about the people you spend time with, your friends and your family, they usually belong to the same social circles as you. They belong to sort of the same sociodemographic background. Perhaps they both went to the same university you did. Perhaps they work in similar employment. And so your circles are really made up of people who are pretty similar to you in a lot of different ways. Sometimes we have friends outside our circle and we cherish those friends. But a lot of times our friends really reflect who we are. They work in the same industry. They come from the same background. They're from the same neighborhood. And unless we have opportunities to go outside of those social circles, one example, for instance, are religious institutions. You go to a religious institution, you meet people for a cross-section of, of society because that's who comes to the institution. But if you don't go to those places and you don't belong to other you know, groups like Ultimate Frisbee or something, anything right that brings you outside of your social circles, you may never meet people outside your network. If you don't meet people outside your network, that's definitely going to create sort of an echo chamber for your politics because the chances are that everyone in your network may share the same politics or similar politics because they have the same background and they make the same amount of money. And the more jobs and positions become automated, the less you're going to have some of those interactions with people that are outside of your circle. And you can see where the problem sort of starts to present itself. It's not changing, though. I mean, we're moving so much more towards automation. Even someone on the text line right now, Blake, is mentioning Amazon Go stores and how, how easy it is to, you know, go and pick up your purchase and not have to talk to anybody. 
in your opinion, yeah. and I know you're studying this, so I'm sure you've given a lot of thought to this, when it comes to the ethical ramifications of moving so far forward in terms of automation, is this is this a good thing or is this ultimately a detriment to us? That is really the question of the day. And I don't think that there's a convincing answer either way right now. We just don't know. I think a lot of what AI and automation are going to do in the next few years is very similar to what the internet did for us 10, 15 years ago. And if you ask me that question on a talk show 15 years ago, you said, do you think the internet's going to be great for us, Blake? Do you think it's going to be bad for us? I don't know if my answer would hold up over time, right? There's so many different things that come out of the internet. We can think about all the great things it does. about the shop, communicate with others, FaceTime our friends and families, connect with older people who may not be able to see grandchildren as often, or a quick video call. It does so many amazing things. But we also know the internet does so many terrible things. And I don't have to list those on your show to know that the internet's responsible for some, some really terrible things. And so I think AI and automation are exactly the same as the internet, right? We don't know what's going to happen yet. And it's hard to say, is it good, is it bad? It's going to be a lot of good. It's also going to be a lot of bad. And I think we should consider these aspects and we should study them. We should you know, do research and we should think more about it. Because before, as you keep alluding to, uh, before it's too late, because a lot of this is really ramping up. Right? We have automation coming at us full speed. And so if we don't think about it now, we may think about it too late. Well, I know that you and I will discuss it again in the future. Uh, you're a great guest, Blake. The, the listeners are loving on the text line. Really appreciate your comments and, and all of your work in this area. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Take care. That's Blake Lee Whiting, a PhD candidate uh, at the University of Toronto, also interim managing director at Pearl, talking about automation and all of the different ways that it could impact our society in ways that we don't always think about.